podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Hello, friends. Oh, come on. That's not our style. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to episode 146 of Leave the Pin Podcast. Scott and I this week go as deep as we can get into the belly of the beast that is Augusta National. Talk about Justin Rose's open round and subsequent failure afterwards, the course conditions, what's the deal with these old champs still playing, and should there be an age limit on when these guys should retire? Or what are we going to do with them out on the course? Wolf got DQ'd. Billy Ho fell on his butt and tried to murder his bag, O.J. Simpson style. Uh, Hideki was absolutely masterful on Saturday. Held on for the win on Sunday. Enormous ripples to be felt across the golf world. Um, Outside of the U.S. especially, this man is an endearing, conquering hero in his home country of Japan, as well as the rest of the Pacific Asian countries out there. It was a great Masters tournament, and if you don't think so, you probably are not a real golf fan. So we dive into all that, including our newest favorite pro golfer, Will Zalatoris, who I believe issued the line of the tournament when he says, look, man, if I'm stupid enough to be here, then you better damn well believe I'm stupid enough to win. And on that note, enjoy episode 146. Uh, hello? Hey, Scott. Ah, uh, DJ. Hey, 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 what's don't on, listen. Shh. Listen, I got to be quiet. I I left Augusta with my master's jacket because they told me I wasn't the champ. That's the way it works. Uh, you, you gave a jacket to Hideki Matsuyama yesterday, and you are no longer the champ, DJ. So, uh, you know. That's the way it works. Hey, Scott. What's up? I'm in an undisclosed location. I took my jacket. I also took Hideki's trophy. Now I have two. I don't want to not be the Masters champ. Well, you know what, then? You're just going to have to go out and win again next April. But uh, until then, it's been a good run, DJ. Uh, um, But uh, I think we're going to have to let you go. Right, wait, 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 Scott. I stole the, I stole a lot of stuff from Augusta. Well, you should probably bring that back because, you know, Fre- the, Fre- there's definitely people who listen to this podcast who will, will report you. Fred Ridley says it's okay, Scott. Well, if Fred Ridley said it's okay, then it's probably okay. But I, I, I don't know that he really said it's okay. I took all the sandwiches, man. Oh, well, that's probably okay, because what are they going to do with those? Maybe give them to charity. I also stole four clubs, eight golf balls, and all the scorecards. Whose clubs did you take? Tigers, Larry Mize, that old dude who wore suspenders who was hacking around for two rounds, and Bernhard Langer. Um, I don't think you're supposed to take those. Um, mm. you should probably bring those back, DJ. 
don't tell him where I am. I'm still the Masters champ. Well, you said you were in an undisclosed location, so uh, you know what? You're not the Masters champ anymore, DJ, and you know, let, let's call this some tough love, and I, I think we're just going to have to say goodbye. Well, we rid ourselves of that problem, Scott. You know what? If he wins another major, he can call in. I think the only um, time we're going to have I'll him back up. on is during his next win. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll even up it to a WGC. or We'll call it even a regular tour stop. Fair he's got to win, or he can't. He can't talk anymore. It's 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 just too much. It's too much. We we it's, have we've rid ourselves I, of DJ. We are on to a new Masters champ. We don't have his phone number. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, the first major champion from Japan, in while not the most masterful performance Sunday, he really did all of his work on Saturday and put the field to rest. You know what? He really did. He um. He had some moments where it, it was getting a little little tense, but you know what? That's what makes a champion. You step through those tense moments and you come out victorious. So, you know, congrats. If if not for nothing, it was you know for a great tournament. Okay, uh, his the way it ended, historic. It's a fantastic tournament. We we really did have the rebirth of Jordan Spieth. We had the the welcoming. Uh, to the masses of Will Zalatoris. You know, we've spoken about him at length beforehand. And then we've crowned a new champion, the, the first one ever for Japan. And, you know, I think Tiger put it best where he says, what a win for Japan, but what a win for worldwide golf, right? There's there's not much more growth in golf in the U.S. The growth in golf is outside. And as soon as we can get past kind of, you know, the U.S. jingoistic uh, 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 mindset that we're only rooting for Americans, like, this dude is just a top-notch pro. You don't see him slamming clubs and falling on his ass like Billy Horschel out there or acting like a moron. Like, if the Masters wanted anyone to carry the torch for them, I think Matsuyama is a great candidate for that. Well, and especially with, and they, they talked about it on the broadcast quite a bit, all the investment they've made in bringing um, you know golf to Asia, um, the fact that Hideki was the the low am in 2011, like it, it's almost one of those things where it's you know first of all it's great to see him get his first major, um, but it was almost one of those like air of inevitability. Um, you know this was the one that you could you know looking back see like oh yeah that makes perfect sense that that would be his first one. So I, I thought it was pretty awesome. All the things that Augusta National has done to grow the game of golf, you know, it, it all kind of comes to a head, like, you know, one weekend in April, and here we go. You know, it's, it's funny because I think not only is he a great champion, but if you look at it from Fred Ridley's perspective, it's kind of validation for everything that he's brought to Augusta as the chairman, the the, the Latino America uh, championship, you know, the 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 Asian championship, and and all those that, amateurs w- would have been that, there. That was Billy, Payne. Billy Payne did the Asia, the Asia Pacific one. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Even yeah, even that, you know that goes back to him. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Uh, I'm off a bit, but you know, even so, it's validation for Augusta, right? It, that Absolutely. they 
invested so much and you know, really are worldwide leaders in golf, like showed the golf world, okay, look, there are uh, other amazing golfers out there that are just not limited to the U.S., you know, and, and I'm talking real ballers out there, but we've got to give them a chance because they don't have money to travel to the U.S., and they don't have visas, and they don't have, you know, the backing that maybe some top-tier collegiate kids get when they come out and go on the Corn Ferry Tour and they make it on the PGA Tour. And, and Matsuyama's a perfect example. I mean, he played twice as the Asian champion in the Masters. Um, and, and here we are, what, what is it, eight years, six years later? Right? So, no, so, uh, he was 19 and 20. So it's eight years later, nine years later, that this dude is the Masters champ. Like, going from winning a top-tier amateur tournament, like, like the Anwa, right? Winning that to becoming the Masters champ. Yeah, again, like he was low am ten years ago. I feel like that's that's a perfect career arc right there. So, I I love it. I mean, I really do. Um, the other thing, and just as you were talking about, like how Augusta, you know, seems to be like one of the great ambassadors of the game, just as a an institution. Like, if you think about the other majors, like you don't think necessarily about like so called international champions like you do when you think about Augusta, you know, like there's like the Spanish, you know, and I'm from Spain, like that the group of Spanish golfers and, um, you know, Adam Scott being from Australia and, and how when he won, it was, a you know, a big deal, you know, all, all those kind of things. Like it, it's really, you know, it's different there than it is everywhere else. And I think that's one of the areas that makes it great. You know, and especially in a in a golf crazed nation such as the Japan, which is so small compared to the U.S. and has you know so few courses compared to the U.S., but the percentage of people that play the game in the country is absolutely through the roof. I mean, you know, they showed images, and I even saw images on the news this morning of people, you know, Monday morning watching him win at work, and you know the the normally kind of um, demure, revered people of that country just absolutely flipping out that you know like how much it meant to them like you know just think about tiger's win two years ago right how much people just lost their minds here not even golf fans but just sports fans that's the same thing that happened in japan but but really all over asia pacific as a whole you know which which it's it's really difficult for U.S. fans and U.S. media to wrap their heads around the rest of the golf world, right? Like, we know Scotland, we know Ireland for golf, we know Australia's big for golf, but there's so much more golf out there and so many other top-tier talents that just don't get the opportunity to come to the U.S. So, I mean, I'm all on board for this. He, he seems like such an awesome dude. Um you know, I love the Japanese culture and just how respectful they are. His caddy bowing to the course afterwards, whether that was a photo op or not, like that image and video will stick with me for this 2021 Masters. Uh, in my opinion, it wasn't a photo op. It wasn't anything that he had planned. I feel like that was just something where that was what they did, you know, as a culture, that's what they do to show reverence for something. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like 
just in that moment that just sort of came naturally to to his caddy and um you know I, I, again that was that was a moment um uh, and i think that's one of those things that will you know forever be replayed um you know on the the broadcast as it were so yeah it was i mean it was absolutely fantastic i loved like every second of those 8 seconds of of him doing that it was just Wonderful. And obviously the green coats at Augusta like love that. I watched it like four times this morning. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I, even, I put it up on our Instagram story and on, on uh, yep. TikTok Cause it just, I was like, people need to see this. If you didn't watch the whole entire thing. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. Let's uh, let's get into a little question segment right now. So we're high on Matsuyama stock. We're high on Spieth's stock. Let's go through the leaderboard real quick. Uh, top five, just to kind of reiterate not only how well Matsuyama played, and, and look, there's people that are going to say, well, he fell apart on Sunday. Okay, did, did you see what happened to people on Sunday? Like, even as great as Shafle played, he goes and dunks one in the water on 16. Like, the pressure hit everybody at some point. You know, uh, the other thing is, is there usually a grandstand back there? Yeah, I, yeah okay, well, let's let's jump to that real quick. So... So uh, Matsuyama on 15, going for the green and two, airmails the green because he's probably uh, juiced. And it goes. What's that? Oh, he completely full of adrenaline right there. Yeah. And I mean, he probably should have clubbed down two clubs, honestly. This thing bounds. There's no spectators. There's no grandstand. There's nothing. Bounds into the pond on 16. So I have this down as a question. I'll ask this one now. Scott, I've been watching the Masters for close to 30 plus years now i've never seen that have you ever in your life seen that happen in your life have you ever seen that no uh and <laughs> and again one either there's normally something there or the the wall of spectators would have stopped it so uh you know I, i'm gonna again like i'll say that's something that'll probably never happen again because, you know, hopefully we're through all these restrictions and things like that by next spring. But I, I've never seen that happen. No, definitely not. I, and even having been there, I don't even remember that green being that close to the, the pond there. So, I, yeah, I, I don't even feel like that pond is ever in play. And this goes back to my theory in my mindset that courses for pros are easier when they're lined with fans and grandstands. This okay. is the perfect example. Um, did Rose lose this tournament? Justin Rose. Justin Rose. Uh, I hey, no. the man comes out, shoots a sixty-five when when literally the scoring average was seventy-three that day. He was playing a different course. Did not break par for the rest of the tournament. Still finished seventh place solo. I I'm gonna say no. I mean, I feel like he had a, he had his one good round. Uh. Friday was very uneven, and just from there, he kind of, I feel like he played to his level Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and Thursday was just, you know, stratospherically great. He was, uh, he was two over par yesterday on Sunday, even par around would have tied him with Spieth and Shoffley for a T3. Uh, did not. Mr. Wolf, 
our man uh, of, you know, physics-defying movements was DQ'd. Abraham Answer was also penalized. He did sign an incorrect scorecard, but video replay showed he touched the sand, so they were able to adjust his scorecard. Uh, Wolf DQ'd for signing a lower scorecard than what he actually shot. He had a bogey on a hole. He put down a par. Scott, are we are we on board with this rule in today's day and age when everybody is digital, everybody knows what he shot, uh, from pjtour.com to the masters.com to the leaderboards on course. Are we still on board with someone pulling uh, a DiVincenzo where you sign an incorrect scorecard and then you're gone? Uh, I don't understand why that's still a thing. I, I really don't. I mean, do you feel differently? No, I, no, I don't. I mean, like, here's here's my devil's advocate argument okay one we shouldn't even have the scorecards because they have a digital walking score they have television you know mm-hmm. if you even play in a top like in a in a mid-level mini tour event or a top tier amateur like blue golf shows the scores as they happen um so it's an antiquated part of the game now, to play devil's advocate, and I kind of fall somewhere in the middle here, to play devil's advocate, it is part of the history of the game. Um, there's, a, there's, there's something uh, familiar about it, tangible, being able to hold that scorecard in your hand and, hey, Scott, what'd you get? A five. Oh, I got a six. Okay, I'm going to get you on the next hole. Um, and to me, like, common sense, stupidity-wise, if you can't freaking add and you can't go through the holes... And say, oh yeah, I made bogey there, par there. Because look, I can do that after 18 holes. And you're playing for this much money. Like, part of me thinks, yeah, man, you should probably be disqualified. Because you're going over it in the scorer's tent with an official scorer and the dude you played with. And you still messed it up. Yeah. That's that's my only thing. I see what you're saying there. I just feel like. But why does it need to be a GQ? Like, why why isn't there just a, a penalty? Yeah, and and so that's uh, you know like what they, I mean. Like they were like, here's the thing. Like, it's not like he signs this illegal scorecard, and there's no opportunity to change it, and it affects the outcome of the tournament. Right, and there's the thing that 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 I always think of. Like, do you think you're going to sign for a seventy when you shot a seventy-one and actually get away with it? I don't think anyone's trying to do that. Yeah, no, I think it's just carelessness. Right. So at that point, hey, Matt, just so you know, you actually shot 71. You signed for a 70. Um, we're going to assess you a, a, you know, a, a one-stroke or two-stroke penalty, whatever. And, yeah, I mean, if you want to give them a warning, happens again this tournament, then you'll be DQ'd. I, I just feel like just jumping to a disqualification when you can easily remedy the situation, it seems like unne- seems unnecessary. That's just my opinion. Though. So two-stroke two stroke penalty is the biggest penalty that you can be assessed, right, without being DQ'd. So why don't we just make it a three-stroke penalty, right? Make, uh, make that the ultimate. That's the most you can get. It's the most amount of penalty strokes you can get in, instead of being DQ'd. I mean, he was going to miss the cut anyway. But what if he was a dude like, you know, I don't know. What, what if he's, uh, 
you know, a, a Connors who's out there battling to get top 10. You know, Corey Connors from, Con- from Canada. What if he's battling to get a top 10 and he finishes 8th like Connors does? You know, and, and he was going to get DQ'd instead and then not get invited back next year to the Masters with that top 10. Uh, again, you, the situation had already been written. Are we talking about Wolf now or if he knocked Connors out? No, I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if it's a guy that made the cut and was mm-hmm. battling hard and like a DiVincenzo who literally signed an incorrect scorecard and lost the Masters, like, that's, right. that's yeah. probably one of the most overlooked golf agenda items in history that this dude should be a Masters champ because he actually won, but then he goes and signs a scorecard incorrectly and they don't give him to him. Like, he doesn't get the victory. Even though he won, yeah, like I, I just feel it's unnecessary. Oh, I'm it's, I'm I'm in the same boat. I say three stroke penalty, and we move on from there. Yeah, that that's my opinion. Again, you can rectify the situation, so rectify it and move on. Let the guy keep playing, or not. Uh, he missed the cut. What are we gonna do, Scott? About I know the Masters is big on history. They don't tell any of their past champs what to do. But what are we to make of the Masters as being on the same tier as winning a U.S. Open in difficulty, winning even a, a, a Players' Championship in difficulty, if we still allow dudes like Larry Mize you know, to walk around, Sandy Lyle, who shot 81-75, Larry Mize shot 84-79, I mean... Longer shot 74-77. It's not awful, but I mean, it's just like, should we implement an age restriction? Should we go ageist on these individuals? So here's the question. What would be wrong with saying, if you want to play, you have to go out in one of the first two, three, whatever groups, You'll be with other past champions. Yes, thank you. This is my thought. Yes. We'd have Mize, Muslim, and Lyle together. And they they go out first. So, um, you know, Jack, Gary, and the Elder would hit the, you know, their their shots. And then then we put out the wave of past champions. um, And they play... And then they go out first again on Friday. And then if they make the cut, great. They're probably am, not going to, but great. I, I'm 100% on board with this. You know, the outlier for the last six or seven years was always Freddie, right? Mm-hmm. Or, well, or and long, longer. And longer, yeah. right. So those were always the two outliers where what I just said holds no water whatsoever because they're like, dude. Freddie was top. Freddie was in the top ten on on Friday. He's gonna make a move this weekend. No, his back's gonna give out, dude. Longer, he's in the top ten. He's gonna make a move this weekend. Well, no, he actually can't putt unless that thing's anchored to his chest, which it really is. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well. But this year, with the way the Masters played, and we did have some difficult course conditions on Thursday and Friday, um, really all the way through Saturday until after the rain delay. That softened the place up a little bit. You had these past champions. I don't even want to say strolling around. Like some of them were really laboring 
around. Sandy Lyle looks looked awful out there on Thursday. My God love him that he can still play and that he's got his suspenders hiked up to hold his pants up. But, I mean, realistically, slowing down the course, it, it's got to be a pain for these other guys trying to contend and win the championship. So I'm 100% on board with your mindset of, look, put them all together. Because then, you know what? If you wanted to follow some past Masters champs, let's say you're a real Masters historian, you love it, right? And you wanted to see three or four guys or two groups play filled with Masters winners. You go follow those guys in the morning, then you go follow some of the young guns that can actually contend in the tournament in the afternoon. Exactly. Participate you know, in, in that part of the, the tradition, let's say. The, the, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's a kind ceremony. of a ceremony. It's a ceremony. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um you know, and just by you know, just looking real quick, the bottom three past champions were couples, VJ Singh and Larry Mize. Yep. And yep. then And Lyle was have, right above them, one stroke better. Yep. Then you'd have Woosnam, Sandy Lyle, and Longer. And then well, Zach Johnson missed the cut, but yeah, he didn't play that bad. And can can we talk about one thing? Can we talk about how how far Jason Day has fallen? He Day. he ended up with the same score yeah. as Ian Woosnam. They both shot one fifty three, seventy six, seventy seven, seventy seven, seventy six is what they both shot. Yeah, Jason Day, I, I feel like is he's lost it a little bit. Maybe he'll get it back though. Maybe. Uh, next point, another big miscut name, um, an enormous miscut, not even close to the number at all. Uh, this individual was six over par for two days. Will he or won't he ever win? the Masters to complete the career Grand Slam, Rory McIlroy, Scott? Uh, I, if you, again, if you would have asked me last year at this time, I would have said yes. Scott, your answer to every major last year was Rory McIlroy. It was. <laughs> um, and right now I'm going to say he may win every other major, um, but he won't win a Masters. Is it because... I, I, I don't think the course... Fits him well. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask that. Is it because the course doesn't fit him well, or is it just that enormous scar tissue from the lead he literally Greg Normand that year? Um, I think that's definitely contribute a contributing factor to it. I um, I just feel like with the level that he's at, Scott, and how many years it's been since it happened, like. You've played so many rounds there since. You're such a good player. I know you're not the greatest iron player, and really, Augusta is a second-shot core, so that's the reason I think he's never going to win. But mm-hmm. to, to not even sniff the cut line, like to be complete, to be as irrelevant, Scott, as, uh, you know, Woosnam or Day or Lyle or Couples or Sunjay M, like any of those guys, that, you know, Strafacci even, who finished in second to last place behind Mize. Like, to be that irrelevant, but to be Rory McIlroy at this tournament must be just mind-numbing. Uh, that's, I completely agree. 
and I, I think I read somewhere, um, I, I don't remember the article at all. I just remember the headline is that for Rory McElroy, Augusta is an azalea line L. I mean, gosh, and, that and, is well written. I feel like that is his mentality around that place now. Yeah. Well, I, I could I could see it, and his score backs that up. I want to add someone to our list that we did last week of most annoying tour pros to play with. And we didn't have him on the list, and I don't know why, because I've hated him for a while, but he showed his true colors at Augusta. Now, Scott, one would think that playing in the Masters would elicit maybe a little bit more respect and decorum from a golfer. Not if that golfer's name is Billy Horschel. He finished tied for 50th with Jose Maria Olathebel. Eight over par. Only broke par one round. That was on Thursday. Yesterday, after shooting 76 and falling on his butt while playing with Phil, he rammed clubs into his bag like he was trying to O.J. Simpson the bag. Uh, that's an accurate statement, yes. The dude is a complete head case. Uh, he serves on the AJGA council, which is insane that we're promoting this guy as someone to look up to for our junior golfers. He doesn't shut the hell up on the course. Like, I think by the third hole, I'd have my fist down his throat. Um, yeah, he's, he's a little, as the kids would say, extra. Extra, extra. I can deal with a Spieth. You know what I mean? I can deal with a Spieth who's talking only to his ball because it's kind of entertaining. I'm like, dude, you're nuts as hell. But you're only talking to your ball. When Billy Ho starts talking to his other playing partners about their drives and stuff like that or announcing on the tee box, like, you know, he, 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 he flies a green, right? And he's got like a seven iron. And look, I know you, you can't, tell your playing competitors and your partners what club you're hitting, but everybody knows. Everyone sees it, right? So when you're hitting a seven iron a par three, and you're like, whoa, dude, way too much club for that one, man. And then as a playing competitor, you start to like second guess, like, is this dude being serious? Like, is he trying to mess me up too? And I think Horschel just exists in his own bubble that he doesn't even realize there's other people out there. And I hate that. It's definitely possible. Yeah, he's he's a lot. He's a lot to handle. So, um, I mean, I, I'm definitely he's he's jumping to the top of my list, like above Bryson. At least he didn't wear octopus pants. This year. This year. Oh, and that's what know, I meant. <laughs> you know what I hate too? Is he's sponsored by RLX. Like and I love Ralph Lauren. And I love the RLX line. And I actually, in the beginning, was like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get to know this guy and try to follow him around because I like the way he dresses. And, like, two times watching him play, I'm like, no, F this guy. I'm done. Yeah, no, he's, he's crazy. You know, he does the, the Florida Gators chomp, you know, a lot. And how old is he? 35, 36? Uh, yeah, he's got to be in his mid-30s. All right, look. So, what was your what was your collegiate mascot? Seawolf. Uh, that's oh, that's right, that's right. That was changed, right? What was it before that? It, well, before I went to school, there it was the Patriot. 
Okay, and then, yeah, and then they did the big whole yep. reprogramming of the sequels. Okay, and my mine were the Warriors, right? So you're not going out there like snapping your jaws, and I'm you know I don't know what a warrior does, but maybe you know throw something a, a, a stick with a point at the end or attack yeah, people with I'm swords. Not like, I'm not making like werewolf noises, right? And so no. this dude's been out of college for at least sixteen, seventeen years. And he's still going around gator chomping people. Yeah, exactly. That's that, all you need to know. That's all you need to know. It's another reason I hate the dude. Um, I really, I, I really dislike him a lot, Scott. <laughs> uh, say no more. Uh, I'll, right. I'll agree with you on that one. Let's. Uh, I mean, so, so look. I mean, let, we'll put the masters to to bed. Um, it was terrific. It was a great win for Japan, great win for the rest of the world. Um, we have Zalatoris. That's a great let's let's talk about him real quick. So two yeah, years ago. Two years ago, my buddy Mike Creed, who carries out in the Corn Ferry Tour, says, Hey man, you gotta watch out for this kid. Like, dude's a freak. Yeah, he's gonna be in the PGA tour next year. And he should be, right? He should be on the PGA tour. But COVID comes along and COVID basically forces the PGA tour's hand to not lose any tour cards. For the 2021 year. Because as we know. The PGA Tour is an old boys club. And once you have your tour card. It is very difficult to lose it. Because once you've been out there. And you've played. People start to get to know your name. And that's what the PGA Tour is based off of. So in a normal year. Will Zalatoris has full standing. On the PGA Tour. Um, Finished top five. You know kind of two years ago. At the end of 19. But there were no 2020 tour cards did get a spot in the U.S. Open, right? Finishes T6 in the U.S. Open, the one Bryson won at Wingfoot. Um, Then he goes on after that to the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship, finishes tied for eighth. Then he goes T5 at the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open on a sponsor's invite. Then he goes T16 at the Bermuda Championship. Okay, these are all finishes from a person that doesn't even have status on tour. Now, you can go look this up. You can find 50 or 60 guys in that span on tour that have their cards that probably missed the cut in all of those, or at least missed oh, the cut in, in three of them. Definitely. So he's in definitely. this weird category now where he has no tour status. However... The PGA Tour lets him into this exempt category that allows him to accept as many sponsors' invitations as he can get. Because normally, I believe it's five that you're allowed. Now, one of the interesting facts yesterday is they said that if he won the Masters, he'd be entered into the FedEx Cup playoffs. Now, this man finishes second, literally would li- sits in the top 20 on the FedEx Cup list, the points list, but is ineligible for the playoffs playoffs because he's not a PGA tour member. This is what is wrong with the PGA tour. Exactly. He would have to get a win, which would grant him then full status and allow him to play in the FedEx cup. Um, So basically what you have is someone who's ranked, I think he's 27th in the world now. Correct. um, who is playing in the PGA tour on special temporary double secret probation status. Yeah. 
The so. other thing that's insane, and, and, and listen to this, this is, this is nuts. So he's basically guaranteed to be fully exempt for the 2021-22 wraparound season, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's via the hundred top, top 125 non-member category. But since he's playing so good on tour, now he can't play in the Corn Ferry Tour finals. Yeah, that's that's the best. So that would be a way that he could. Uh, well, <laughs> the whole thing is just messed up. Like, why are we trying to make it so he can't earn money? Like they they're telling him, "Hey, dude, you're on the Corn Ferry Tour. We can't give you a tour card. Play really well, and then you'll get a tour card the next year." Okay, PJ Tour, I'll do that. Ching 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 ching. Right, all this cash he starts collecting. Ka-ching! Hey, I played well enough. Awesome, dude. You're going to get your card in a year. Uh, however, remember the tour that you did play on to try to get up here? Well, you were exempt into the finals, but now you can't play in the finals. You've made too much money on the big tour. Oh, well, will you give me status? No, nah, we can't do that either. Yeah, and again, it's just taking money out of his pocket. That's it. And, and, and dude, look, you know, you want to talk about the tour getting stale and being an old boys club and not admitting you know new members and tour cards this dude comes out to the masters and i think has the best line of the week is basically like, look if i'm stupid enough to think that i can play in the masters then you better well believe i'm stupid enough to think that i can win this damn thing uh, exactly so i also I, a lot of respect for him being out on the range like staying loose because you never know oh ballsy <laughs> move loved it so but that that shows like this person is a professional. Like it's not just somebody who's like out here and he caught lightning in a bottle and, yes. and you know he's gonna take it second and be happy. Like he's a pro and yes. he's out there to win. Exactly. And I feel like the tour should, you know, do what it has to do to get players like that, you know, out on the course. I agree. I agree. All right, bud, look, so we put the Masters to bed, and like the traveling circus that this uh, PGA Tour, you know, conglomerate is, everyone forgets on a Monday, and we moved on to Hilton Head now. So enjoy. Watch this week. Uh, anything else to add, Scott? Uh, just in the, the words of the prophet DMX, y'all going to make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. Either get busy golfing or get busy dying. You good.